0: If you would like to participate as a guest, or if you have a question that you would like to ask a guest, go to masterleadership.org for more information. Three-time Emmy Award-winning writer and producer Ginger Zumaeta advises companies on positioning and communicating big ideas. She's the founder and CEO of Zumaeta Group, a positioning and messaging strategy firm and author of the forthcoming book, Economics design presentations that spread ideas, drive decisions, and close deals. Ginger has worked with some of the world's largest brands, such as Coca-Cola, Verizon, Union Bank, Amgen, Anthem, Infinity Insurance, and many others. Her insights have been featured in publications such as Business Insider, The Next Web, Better Marketing, Storyus and marketing profs among others and she's spoken about marketing and messaging on numerous stages including verizon's hispanic marketing series the latin style national conference union bank's personal branding series kaiser permanente's annual brand conference and the promax national conference she is the winner of three emmy awards 12 Muse Awards and a Gracie Award for her work in television, and has held positions as an adjunct professor at UCLA and Cal Lutheran in marketing and research. After going from an award-winning career at NBC to launching a strategic consulting firm, Ginger uses her experience in storytelling and persuasion to train corporate teams in telling better business stories to move high-stakes work forward with clear and succinct presentations grounded in story structure and backed by brain science. Our interview will continue after messages from our sponsors. Did COVID-19 make you realize your business has a lot more risks than you thought? COVID opened our eyes to the under and uninsured risks business owners face, and many are still struggling with today. But did you know the government created a tax code to help business owners set aside tax-deferred funds to help mitigate those risks? It's called an 831B plan, and every Fortune 500 company has one. Now that it's more affordable than ever, small to mid-sized companies can participate and ensure their business weathers the storm, whatever the future holds. If you want to protect the success you've worked so hard to build, visit 831b.com to learn more. That's 831b.com. Welcome Ginger Sumayeta. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you for having me. Well, we're excited, super excited to have you on our podcast. Are you ready to pour into our listeners?
1: I am ready. Let's go.
0: You are. All right. So tell us a bit about your path to leadership and what you're doing now. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for asking. My path to leadership.
1: You know, it's funny. I came up the old school way. I was at graduate school in New York at NYU and needed a job. I thought I'd be an academic for my entire life, but that didn't work out. I realized I'd like to actually have a nice meal every now and then. And so I got a job as a receptionist at a media company so i started as low as you can possibly get literally answering the phones i went from being the receptionist to being the office manager to being the sales assistant to being the research assistant and that led me to a path that ultimately ended up having me be a research director at an nbc affiliate in san antonio my hometown where i'm from and then from being a research director you know i started to notice pretty early on before we had this term called evidence-based marketing, that if you have good facts and information, it is revelatory in terms of what you should be doing from a marketing standpoint. So I started talking to our general manager, telling him, Hey, I think we should be doing this. I think we should be doing that. And he actually said, Oh, okay. You're gonna have to put your money where your mouth is. I'm going to make you our director of marketing, which is a very non-traditional approach to getting into marketing from the research side. Fast forward a few years, and I started to catch the eye of the mothership of NBC. They recruited me, and then I went to work for NBC as a vice president of advertising and promotion, where I worked in their stations division, turning stations around, originally in Philadelphia, and then in Chicago, and then they moved me to LA, and I had a long television career. And I think, Lily, the big takeaway for me you know, in terms of What was that ingredient that led me on that path to leadership were a couple of things. I was always curious to find out more, you know, so I would really research like, well, what does this mean? What am I supposed to do with this? Where does this go next? And so that curiosity always provided forward motion in terms of my trajectory. And another thing, you know, this is particularly for women, I think, is that you know, it doesn't hurt to ask. You, know, you need to ask for what you want. I wanted promotions. I wanted more responsibility. I wanted more money. And I asked for those things. And so those are kind of what set me on the early part of my career, all the way through television. I left television in 2009 and started my own firm where we do brand strategy for a variety of clients. But I think that was the quick notes of the path that I took.
0: Wow. So there's a couple of things I wrote down. Certainly, you know, when you would Talking about your story, curious did come to my mind, you know, and as a researcher, you know, you're asking the questions and that's super important in leadership to be someone who observes, someone who adds value to those around you and someone who asks important questions. So that's really awesome. You aren't afraid to use your voice. You also said that you caught the eye of people, which mm-hmm. tells me that you're an action taker and that you have passion in what you do. Because for me to really notice someone that has potential, it's someone who has passion. And, you know, I noticed a little statue behind you. What is that?
1: That is an Emmy award that I got while I worked for NBC for a creative campaign that I helped write and produce while I was there. Wow. So you're pretty badass, Ginger. <laughs> I'm badass. That's right. You have to do the most that you possibly can with what you're given and not have fear, I think, to take some of those risks. And I was lucky enough to be supported by an outstanding team always. And so we won a few awards and that's one yes. of them.
0: From my sources, you're a three-time Emmy Award winning writer and producer. Love it. So tell me what you're doing right now.
1: Yeah. So what I'm doing right now is I have a brand strategy firm. We work with a variety of clients. And and basically what we try to do is we help brands tell their story. You'd be surprised. People have a lot of misunderstandings, I think, about what brand storytelling really is. What it really is, is it's trying to understand How does my thing, whether it's a product or service, really fit into my customers or my client's life? How do we bring benefit? And so brand storytelling is less about your brand, and it's more about the story of the person that you're trying to serve. And so what we do is we work with clients to help them unlock what that is. Mostly what we do is we work with either challenger brands. So trying to get companies out of that sea of sameness and really kind of push through the status quo. So they start to get the attention and challenge the leaders. And then sometimes we help the leaders defend themselves against those challengers.
0: You're speaking my language, challenging the status quo. I love that. So your organization, what is it called? Where can we get in contact with you? Yeah, so
1: Zumeta Group, Zumaeta Group is my company. We're actually going to go through a little bit of a name change. So if you really want to stay up with everything that's going on, just go to gingersumaita.com. We're going to have a little bit of a, a rebrand later in the year. It's Ginger, G I N G E R, Sumaita, Z, like zebra, U M A E T A, dot com. No spaces, no dashes.
0: Okay. And do you have a book coming up? Or are you working on a book?
1: I do. You know, Lily, I mentioned storytelling earlier, and one of the things that I've noticed is today's leaders are under tremendous pressure to make high-stakes decisions, right? And the challenge with making high-stakes decisions, especially in today's world, is there is no shortage of information, right? In fact, there's information overload. And so the problem with this abundance of information is it creates scarcity of attention and leaders and they don't have time. They need absolute clarity of what's going on to be able to make a decision. So the book that I'm writing, which is called Deconomics, develop presentations that spread ideas, drive decisions and close deals, is really about helping folks make presentations that are very short and to the point, but absolutely clear about what the value proposition is, how it's going to help the person that you're presenting to and what they can expect to get as an outcome. And that we're in the final stages. I'm fingers crossed. That's going to be out before the end of uh, 2021, if not early 2022.
0: I'm going to put my dibs on that because as soon as I read what this was about, it's something that we all need especially as leaders, because it's presenting messages that land. Thank you so much. Now, Ginger, as a lifelong learner, what are you learning right now? You know,
1: I'm going back to a lot of the classics, to be honest. So I mentioned curiosity before. I'm constantly reading. I'm rereading, believe it or not, the Bhagavad Gita and all of the lessons that are contained therein. And one of the things that I find with more experience is, you know, we go through these massive cycles, right? Everything old is new again. And so if you want an indication of how to find some clarity in the world, right? And you need to be very good at pattern recognition and understanding macro patterns. And one of the best ways you can do that is to read, 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 read the classics, read the books that have stuck around for hundreds, sometimes thousands of years, and you'll have some amazing insights.
0: You're pretty consistent because you're looking for clarity. You're looking for patterns. It's all consistent with who you are as a curious researcher or as someone who is looking to up level how we occur in our being. So thank you. Now, when you think of leadership today, what most concerns you and what are you most hopeful about? You know, it's such a great question. Thank you for asking that.
1: When I think of leadership today, I think that the thing that most concerns me is, It's weird. I started out in research, which is effectively looking for information and looking for clues. And right now there's so much information that it's hard to sift the good stuff from the not so good stuff. And so I think what leaders need to do before they look outwardly for answers is to look inward and try to get your own sense of what the truth is through your direct experience Once you've got that, then certainly get some more information to kind of judge or measure. Is my direct experience lining up with what's out there in the world before you kind of make decisions? And the thing that I'm seeing today is a lot of people think that you're going to find every answer to everything in a Google search. And sometimes you need to do your own thinking first. I think the other thing with leaders is leaders really need to know what their own story is And if they can communicate their story, they'll have a much more effective connection with both their teams and their staff, as well
0: as their clients and others in the communities that they serve. Great wisdom. We have to look inward at our experience to get answers. Answers may change, right? So being open to that. I think it's also wise to know your story. What are questions that we can ask ourselves to start to know our story? The
1: ironic thing about getting to know your story is you need to know who are you telling that story to. And so I speak with a lot of brand leaders, Mm -hmm. right? And in order for me to know what my story is with them as the audience, you know, what I'm often telling them is, well, what is my special sauce? What am I going to do better than anybody else? That's going to help you not help me help you. Right. And what I can do is, Tell them, listen, there's a million things that you can say about your brand, its features, its benefits, et cetera, et cetera. But in reality, you're going to have to say that in a few simple words for a customer to understand it in a way that has a massive impact. I can help you find those words to be able to tell your story clearly. And so you've got to figure out who your audience is before you can know your own story, because you've got to understand What am I going to be better at for them than anyone else? It's kind of a very symbiotic relationship in terms of figuring out what your story is. But I think you've also heard the overriding a bit of my story, which is, you know, be open, you know, don't be in an echo chamber. Look at your surroundings and your context to find out where do you fit into that story. And
0: that's how you can start to get to what your story is. And so even in that context, when you're looking to know your story and you have to first figure out who you're telling your story to, it can be, you're telling yourself your own story and that's a good beginning. Absolutely. You know, it's so interesting. One of the things that you
1: asked about earlier, you know, was in these changing times with this pandemic where a lot of businesses have had a lot of ups and downs, right? You need to kind of figure out what is the story that I'm telling to myself about myself and what I'm going through so that you can be able to kind of amplify that out to your team. If you're telling yourself honestly that this is like doom and gloom and we're not gonna make it and it's gonna be terrible, you're going to tell that story without ever opening your mouth to your team and okay. that's going to cascade. So you do have to get clear about like what story do i want to tell? And guess what? You can write a new story for yourself. That's you right. need to have a good story or you're going to be kind of dead in the water from the get-go,
0: right? And as leaders, that's super important that if we want to change that story, we can create it. Absolutely love that. So Ginger, you have an option here. You can take a question from a former guest or you can share a challenge or a struggle that you learned from.
1: Well, you know, I'm a naturally curious person. So I love the idea of the element of surprise in terms of taking a question from a former guest.
0: All right. So Marty Parker wants to know what is the one attribute that leaders need to have more of today?
1: One attribute that leaders need to have more of today is a sense of calm. And let me explain what I mean by that. We live in a very, very reactive, dynamic world today. There is a lot going on and that can be overwhelming. I think what folks need to do is take a minute, take the 30,000 foot view or the 30 million foot view and figure out, okay, what do I need to communicate today what do I need to do today to help those that I can help? If you can have that conversation with yourself, if you can always be helpful to the people that need you, you're always going to be necessary. It's when you start to panic and get that sense of overwhelm that you may make a slight misjudgment, but sometimes those two millimeter misjudgments lead you on an entirely different and not always beneficial trajectory. So I think it's like, stop, gather your thoughts, try to get outside of yourself a little bit and understand what's needed of me today.
0: I think that is so so wise. That's so necessary. Being calm, it's really resetting because there's so much going on, so much stress, which has a lot of consequences for all of us. Now, is there a routine or things that you do to reset, to stay calm, because you're a go getter. And you know, when I look at you, I see confidence, I see leadership, I see joy. So how do you stay that way? Because you're working with high stakes situations. I am. So you have to unwind every now and then. I mean, one
1: of the things I do when things start to get to be like, I mean, listen, it happens to everybody. I'm like, Oh my God, I've got so much on my list. I'm, you know, and your brain is firing and you're waking up in the middle of the night, remembering all of your to do items. You know, for me, that's a good time to do one or several of a few things, even 10 minutes of meditation helps just kind of get yourself back and bring down your breathing and bring down your heart, rate, right? So you can be more clear, right? I mean, your brain, there's a lot of chemistry going on. You need to actually help your brain by giving it a chance to reset. I can't overstate the power of journaling. If you journal, I'm going to tell you a secret. I actually haven't told anybody this yet. No, wait, we won't tell anybody. Go ahead. <laughs> so you have to be intentional. Right? What is it that I want? Well, once upon a time, I thought it would be nice to win an Emmy one day. And I cut out a picture of an Emmy and I pasted it into my journal and then I let it go. I mean, I forgot about it. And years later, when I won my first Emmy, I was like, oh my God, it came true. And this may sound kind of hocus pocus, but everything that I have put into my journals is something that I intend and I'm not saying, I want to win the lottery or anything silly like that, but things that are achievable that I think are within my power to shoot for has come true to me. And so I think when you journal, you can do a couple of things. One, you can take out the trash on anything that has been bothering you and let it go, which I think is very important. And two, you can be intentional about what you have ahead of you. So that's another thing that I do to kind of set my mind right instead of trying to react to a never ending to do list, which let's face it, there is never an end to a to do list.
0: And I'm curious about this because I just started what my coach calls authentic journaling. And so are there questions that you ask yourself ahead of time, or is it you just start writing?
1: I've gone through so many phases of journaling. I do a mix of them. If I'm short for time, I'll do what I call my three by three. This is something I just figured out over time if I don't have any time, which is what are three things that I'm working on? What are three intentions that I have, right? Right. What are three gratitudes that I have for the day? So it's intentions, it's gratitudes. And then what are three no matter what's, right? So no matter what, today I'm going to do these three things. And I'll usually try to do one big one and two very small ones because you don't want that to be a burden. Other times when I don't understand something, I'm working through a problem or I'm working through a frustration. Even something is kind of nagging me and taking my attention I'll journal about it. And what I discovered about doing that is that our brain sometimes puts us on a loop and we just keep thinking the same thing over and over and over. And the thing about writing is you always write forward. You write in a linear way. And so very often I can work out a problem Just by writing, it's free form. I'm trying to figure this out. I don't understand why this person thinks this. I think this is this. I think it could work that way. And sometimes by the end of it, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's the answer. (laughs) You know, I just needed to
0: get out of the loop. Right. And you release it. That's beautiful. Absolutely. We, we need to get back to writing. It's, and you're talking about writing pen to paper. I'm not talking about typing it
1: on a computer. I am a pen to paper moleskin kind of gal. I use a fancy pen. I write in ink. I use a moleskin. Drawing actually is very good for releasing your thoughts too. It doesn't matter if, if anyone can tell what you're doing, but trying to articulate your thoughts in a doodle opens up new pathways in your brain actually, and helps you gain access to parts of your brain that you don't always access. So I do a lot of things to try to optimize my thinking.
0: That makes sense. Love it. Now, as a listener of this podcast, Ginger, what's a question that you would like a future leadership guest to respond to?
1: As a lifelong learner and an avid reader, I would love to hear, and I don't know if you've done this before, but you know, what are three books that have influenced your thinking and your growth in terms of how you approach the world? That's a great question. So Ginger, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? The only thing I'd like to share is be good to yourself, be good to others. And I think everyone needs to get outside of their echo chamber, right? The digital world creates these echo chambers. I think it's incredibly valuable to listen to a wide range of point of views, including folks that wrote their books long ago, you know, find out what ideas have endured to kind of help you navigate this crazy world that we're in. As we close out, let's remind our listeners
0: where we can connect with you.
1: Go to gingersumeta.com. G-I-N-G-E-R-Z-U-M-A-E-T-A.com. Sumayeta, if you're speaking Spanish. But that's how you can
0: access both my work, my upcoming book, and anything else that you need. Love it. Ginger, I want to thank you so much for adding value to me and to our listeners. It's been great. Thank you so much. It was a wonderful opportunity. I really enjoyed it. In closing, here's a quick message